0: You're listening to the Womaneering Podcast, conversations about pioneering Christian womanhood. We're your hosts, Christy Bauman and Tracy Johnson. Welcome, good woman. This is not our typical Womaneering Podcast. In fact, season two is going to air near the end of September. But as Tracy calls it, this was a Kairos moment where she and I had listened to a podcast called The Rise and Fall of Marcel. Now, you may not have heard of Marcel Church or Mark Driscoll, but there is an episode about what the church does to women. And Tracy and I couldn't help but engage in a conversation responding to that. So, if you want to go listen to that episode, You can, you also don't need to, you can just listen to how Tracy and I discuss this topic of narcissism and patriarchy in the church and how it affects women. Thanks for joining us.
1: We're here. Oh, we're here. here. We're here to have this conversation that we've been like, um, knowing that we needed to have. So yes, yes yes um
0: uh, yeah and let's even say why we're here we're here because i i sent a text to you that said i have been hearing women after woman tell me to listen to this podcast or that they are undone by listening to this podcast whether it's clients or friends there is something that is happening and even my instagram feed of people saying if you feel overwhelmed by listening to the rise and fall of mars Hill, podcast, you don't have to listen to it. It can be re-traumatizing. And I'm I'm like, I guess I have to listen. I really right. thought I, I I didn't want to listen to anything about Marcel after living in Seattle through that whole season of uh, Mark Driscoll being in our city and uh, the talk of it. But I was like, okay, I'll listen. And then I did. And I texted you and said, we have to have a podcast
1: mm-hmm. about
0: this. So here we are.
1: Here we are. And I, and I think I texted back me too. Same because so many, I've had multiple, both friends and women that are clients that have brought up the podcast and how it's affected them or impact them and, you know, wanted to talk about it. So it feels, it feels like a significant moment that, um, that we need to, and that we want to, Honor just with our own voices and our own um, just vulnerability about what it felt like for us. And then, of course, we have some thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go. What was it like for you when you started listening to
0: it? I was in my car. My hands were on my steering wheel and they just kept getting tighter and tighter. And I, was also moved by the drama i also obviously you and i doing a podcast and being now in the podcast where i was like wow this is really well done it's well the done music
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the uh sound clips I, w- I was so taken in and i've sat and in a room and heard mark driscoll preach and so it felt like i was back in the church in that very Modern had my coffee in my hands. I was just sitting in there listening to him, but it had all the drama and the sound effects that I needed, but my body inside of me, something was getting really tight. This, this man's voice, once again, having power and dominance and, and, and filling my ears and my body felt really agitated. And so I had to actually pull over my car and start walking to finish it. Um, because I, I mean, I was hearing all of my clients, my friends, my own story. I was hearing all of those things happen as I was listening, mm-hmm. and I just became more and more irate as it continued. Because if if you li- we're talking about episode five in particular, what we do to women. Mm-hmm. And as I was listening more and more, I have seen it so many times, and it's actually what I'm in the work of fighting against. Mm-hmm. Right, bringing health and spiritual freedom to women is what I've, you and I have given our, our lives to, our, our careers to. So to see it all so um, just so cleverly, like somehow taken from us, hijacked abused mm-hmm. in those moments it I, I felt a lot of things in my body mm-hmm. what about you what was it like
1: I, same I was in the car so that's the same I started with episode one and okay. I was actually like driving to the airport to get on a plane and fly and so um so I had you know I started in the car and then I moved it to my phone and I had my airpods in and so was listening you know as I was getting ready to Get on this plane, and and then continued to listen. After that, I I almost think my experience of lis- listening to the podcast was a little bit of a microcosm um, of of what it was like to um, listen to and sort of watch what unfolded at Mars Hill from afar. And I and I find myself wondering if some of it wasn't even a little bit what it was like for those that were that were in it, because for me. Um, yes, the sound of his voice was provoking, but I noticed that as I kept listening, cause I wanted to sort of have the context knowing what was coming, but I wanted to have context around it. And for me, this like inside my body, like the feeling of like, um, tension, but then I mean, like nausea and, um, and just kind of this sickness and then like this exhaustion, Um, that I, that I know for me tells me that we've started to be in the realm of like my own trauma story Mm -hmm. and, um, which is very much tied to men and to the church. And, um, and there were certainly some trigger points for me. So I was, I was aware of that, which feels, um, reflective of what, you know, my clients and women that I've talked to have also Mm -hmm. shared. So, um, yeah, I can remember, um, you know, s-
0: sitting with a couple of clients and them telling me that they were either members of the church or had been a part of it. And they said, I'm actually not supposed to see you because there is um, an approved list of therapists for our cell members, and I could get kicked out of membership for seeing you and that. You know, that's always something as a therapist, I sit with people, and I'm curious, oh, but but you're also staying. You're also there for a reason. Mm-hmm. So what is it you're there for? and i I think we also know that there was a sense of containment of safety, of security that was happening there that oh, people were sure. gone to
1: and And you know, as as Mark was building Mars Hill, my husband and I were building our young adult ministry. And I was aware of that as I was listening, and there were some things that resonated for yeah. me, you know, about yeah. why people, why our ministry started to grow, why young adults came and um, and and were drawn to us, um, and were drawn to what we were doing, and that like leading with uh, charisma and Mm -hmm. a sense of certainty and like, we have a plan and we have, we believe that God is doing big things and you can be part of those big things. Like that touches something legitimate inside of our hearts. Yes, for sure. And so I found myself, you know, feeling connected, even as I was listening to some of the stories, um, that are interspersed in the podcast from those that Uh, that found themselves in the midst of that congregation. And so I think it's important, you and I talked about this, like that we wanted to name, like these are good people with good desires, wanting to be part of something good. And and we are drawn, I think this is another thing that is resonating just in our world today and being talked uh, about inside Christian circles and outside of Christian circles. We are drawn to charismatic leaders that are oftentimes also narcissists. Yes. yes. And so we're not going to unpack all of that, but, but we're just, we're, we're going to name it. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and I think in that ask the question, like, who are you drawn to?
0: Yeah.
1: Who are you drawn to? What are you drawn to? Yeah. And um, who are you
0: following? Who are yeah. you listening to, and why? And, and what why? do you know? What do you know about your own story that that draws you to who you listen to? Right, right. Who you follow? Because
1: ultimately, the undoing of of this kind of un like unhealth, both in the church, um, and in us as individuals, like it starts when we when we're willing to begin like being very honest about what's true for us, about what we find ourselves drawn to and why we find ourselves drawn to it, because this will not stop. There will be mm-hmm. another charismatic narcissist leader, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody will get behind them and mm-hmm. uh, and we need to know why. Mm-hmm. Each mm-hmm. of us as individuals need to know why. Um, and, and I'll, this is the last thing I'll say, and where certainty and safety have hijacked our actual faith walk, mm-hmm. where certainty yes. and safety have hijacked the faith walk that we're meant to be living.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I, I know.
0: I, and yet I'm like, say more if someone's wondering what that means, or maybe not. Come no. back.
1: Come back. We'll be here we'll keep talking about it because there's just, it's important to go other places today but i even think it just would you be willing to start wondering that for yourself where mm-hmm. you've exchanged certainty and safety in where you're going to church and who's leading yeah. you and yeah. what voices you're listening to and it's not your faith that you're living It's a faith that they've given you. It's a faith that they've told you, this is what it's meant to look like. This is what it is to be a godly man. This is what it is to be a godly woman. This is what it is to have a godly marriage. This is what it is to be a godly parent. And here's your five steps. And here's your three key points to remember. And here's your um, obedience. Mm. Right. And, and, it, and it has it, eliminated, it, it has, it has eliminated something that is meant to be happening for you in your faith journey that yeah. you're walking with the Lord. Yes. So, all right. Yes. And, and so as we
0: kind of tiptoe right into gender and even this being woman like the, the podcast is meant for women who are working out their faith and, and their faith walk, you know, the episode that we're focusing on for the rise and fall. Of Marcel was, um, episodes five, what we do to women, but I, I came away with the question, what don't we do for women, which is what aren't we inviting them into in their own faith walk kind of what you're bringing and, and what are we not inviting men to, but for women, I think we have to wrestle with, we live in a male dominant narrative that the Bible brings to us and how do we navigate that dominance. How do we navigate the violence and the dominance that comes with the gospel that we are being taught? Mm
1: -hmm. And, uh, yeah, the, that again, like there's so much to unpack there, but there are so few places, um, uh, Statistically, where women's voices in the in the realm of theology are valued and platformed and and regularly referenced, so I think even in in uh, you, if you go to a church that has like a headship submission model and a complementarian perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then, then what we're about to say won't feel hard for you, right? You're, there's going right. to be some resonance, and mm-hmm. and there's a tension in that because that that's out there. That's a theological perspective that that is, you know, clearly sort of um, uh, tied to scripture. And this is what Paul says, and this is why. And so here's what it's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to a church wh- that has a more egalitarian perspective, that doesn't necessarily mean, and when we say egalitarian, it's like men and women leading equally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean though, that when your pastor male or female in the pulpit is referencing or talking about a perspective on a particular piece of scripture, that they're referencing female theologians mm-hmm. because that world is so dominated by men. Right. But you have to—it requires great intentionality to go looking for who are our female theologians, mm-hmm. and and how do we begin to hear their voices? But in that male-dominated uh, theological realm, and um, we find that uh, it is a male-driven narrative. Right. and and the and scripture is being interpreted and it's being explained and the commentary is coming from a man's perspective and it has led to some of what we're talking about and and there is so at Mars Hill and you hear this in the podcast there was a strong sense that women were valued right They need to be treated with respect they need to be honored and men you need to like you need to lead your wives well you need to be good husbands you need to provide for them financially and lead them spiritually and so you've got this like well that's good that's all good you know but one of the phrases that stood out to me as i was listening to the to the podcast that was like women will be dominated Like it is a foregone conclusion Mm. that women are to be dominated. And the question is, will you be dominated by a good man or by a bad man? Mm. But there is no question that as a woman, you will be dominated. Gosh. And I, you know,
0: there's so many feelings I have. My body just feels defiance and defeat all at once because i know what you're saying is true and i don't want it to be true i have to pause this here obviously you can hear me trying to just catch my breath when tracy says the words that women will be dominated by men so i pause this to say In a sense, this could be a trigger warning for those listening, and I hope it's not too late. Depending on what you have storied in your life, hearing that statement may bring up a lot for you. So I ask you to take a deep breath, tend to your body in places that might need to be tended to, and when you're ready, continue in our conversation. like take a little detour. I was in the middle of reading this book whenever I listened to um, the podcast and it's called A Church of Her Own, What Happens to Women When They Take the Pulpit. And there was a story of Antoinette Brown in 1875 who wanted to be ordained in the New York church and she was preaching too much on the love of God. And she, she was not allowed, the church, she stepped down from the church and she was not a part of institutionalized um, ministry for a, a long time because she said I could barely breathe freely, bringing the gospel that I knew, and and I I only interrupt that to say you know here we are listening to and and talking about a podcast about Mark Driscoll about a man who's charismatic from the pulpit and I'm sitting here reading about a woman in 1875 who's trying to be ordained and is charismatic about the love of God and was didn't feel even free, barely free enough to breathe up there, she said. And so I want to go back to that. But I I just hold like, women have been long fighting this battle of what do we do with the male dominance, and that we will be dominated.
1: And, um, and so we could, we could, at this point, you know, we could, we could get kind of mired down, or we could, we could spend a lot of time Talking about roles and about um, headship and about submission, sure, and sure. and we could get into that. But I I think Christy, like what for me, whether you're in a church where like Mars here, it felt like it, it felt like it was loud, and and I'm going to say there was toxicity and some violent energy tied to it, and so it's overt. But if you're at a church and it's more covert and it doesn't feel as loud and it doesn't feel as angry but there's this sense and we've bought into this idea somehow that that men are meant to have power over women mm-hmm. that god ordained that men would have power over women then what I, I what what i want to invite our women to listen and like just start to roll around inside just for yourself is What does that say? Because if I'm created in God's image, which means that as a both as a woman and and just in the uniqueness of who I am, there are things that I bring forth, that I manifest, that I show of the image of God. And essentially what you're saying is that there are some parts of the image of God that are worthy of domination. There are some parts of the image of God that are less valuable, that need to be overpowered or held down or, or tamped down. Right. right. And that, that I think that we need to be bothered by. Right. That right. I, I need to be bothered by that. And we need to wonder like, does that ring true? And have right. I metabolized that? And I'm now living that out. And that's the confusion I feel that
0: comes the, the covertness of covert abuse and covert spiritual abuse, right? Like we're saying there's something that Mark was offering and they even talk about it. He's offering to abused women. His heart was just to protect them. I mean, and, and there's a statement of like what we found out was that women who were abused had to then be dominated by a good abusive man rather than a bad abusive man. And that mm-hmm. kind of work is so confusing for the female body. That kind of work is is so. Um, yeah, I mean, c- confusing is the only way I need, you know to put it. We don't have much understanding of spiritual abuse and we don't talk about it much. We don't clinically diagnose it. And and yet here you you hear this undercurrent. Uh, okay, good. I, I'm not supposed to be abused by a man. Oh, that's re- re- yes, i want want to be protected. I want to be safe. Wait a second. I have to be rescued.
1: Well, and that like that 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 idea of rescue isn't unique to Mark. I, you know, that there okay. is something, and I think there's I think there is something that that idea speaks to in the heart and soul of a man, that he's meant to do something. He's meant to bring some kind of good energy that is protective and life-giving, yeah. right? And I wanna, I bless that. I think that that's true too. I don't think it's unique to men, yeah. but I think that it is its is. It is. It. It is something that they bear, okay? Yeah. But But when women, And children are who they're meant to like protect and rescue, what what does that what does that say? It just it reinforces that idea that you know I need a man or men to create and provide and foster safety for me.
0: And why, and if you believe that, why? Why do you need to believe that right because well, and what's the problem be... in believing that right because then again like you're saying there's these parts of the image of God that need rescuing that need to be dominated and that is not the image of God
1: no and I think the other thing that it says is that um it 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 subtly says I will never have agency mmm I'm not created to have agency, I'm, I'm created to be rescued, I'm created to be led, I'm created to be uh, uh, covered, I'm created to be penetrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm created to live inside a world of men and yeah. in that world I have little or no agency and then I'm also supposed to metabolize that God designed me that way and I, I will absolutely push back against that Mm -hmm. because I believe it's fundamentally untrue and it it's dishonoring.
0: Exactly. It's, it's dehumanizing in some sense. And I think that gets to the, to the end of the podcast where we get to this place that Mark basically tells a story of a husband who is not a believer, not coming to church. And he tells the wife, You go home. He said, do you give your husband blowjobs? And she said, no, I I don't feel comfortable with that. And he said, you go home and you repent. And you tell him you've sinned against him. And you give him a blowjob. And he said, and that husband was in church the next week. Wanted to meet me. And he said, this church is different than any other church. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. And the women are laughing. That in, was it, it in just, the podcast as he's telling this story.
1: That was the thing that I think I, I was stunned. Like mm-hmm. I, just mm-hmm. the women laughing in the audience at a, at a pastor compelling a woman in the name of Jesus to perform a sex act. Oh my gosh. I, I, was, I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Where, where have we just gone? And how did we get yes. here? Because that is like objectification in, oh. in, in the name of, I don't mm. even, sharing the gospel. Right. What? But oh. this is, and that's the, when I would like to back up, why is it important what you believe mm. about your value as a woman. Why is mm-hmm. it important what you believe mm-hmm. about this idea of headship and submission and what God created you to do and the idea that that men are are endowed by God to have power over you. And uh-huh. where that leads you. Like because that's the that's the slope yeah. that we're on. They're laughing. People are laughing because they had slowly bought into this whole narrative. Yes. Yes. And And in in
0: your words, no one was meant to be dominated. No. And we don't need to be rescued except unto empowerment. And that is the furthest thing
1: from empowerment. Right. And guess what? Like no one was meant to be dominated, not men, not women, yeah, that was not God's original design. Yeah, that is not what he created us for. And and in any given moment, you know, I may have something that you need, Christy. I may have mm-hmm. something that can bring some sense of a rescue to you in a way that you need it. And yeah. and four days later, you might do the same for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like That's a it's a mutuality mm-hmm. of like bringing our gifts and our talents and and, and, um, and where we may be at any point in our life to benefit another, but not to dominate them in a role or in a permanent sort of a setting that's, that's tied to some hierarchy. Yes. It, it's just, that's not what Jesus bled for. I don't believe it. I don't believe it.
0: Well, I don't and, believe it. And, and the verse I never heard quoted from Mark was, Husbands, lay down your lives for your wife as Christ did for the church. Like, I I, did, I don't see, I see the crucifixion story in Jesus's gospel. I do not see it in this male dominant narrative that is being taught from this pulpit. I don't hear the invitation for husbands to the, lay their lives down. It's, there's a protection and there's a, and there's a violence to it that is just and a domination That doesn't feel like the crucifixion
1: well and a naming that the the only power that women actually have is the power to seduce men oh and and that's that is clearly communicated and that ties into purity culture yes and and we were all we were given that message too and Mm. so the only power i have is is really it's evil yeah I, that's what I'm being told. I'm dangerous. The power I have is dangerous and it's evil. And mm-hmm. it's because if I don't uh, cover all of myself, if I don't mm-hmm. behave appropriately, if my skirts aren't long enough and my shirts mm-hmm. aren't buttoned up tight enough and, and mm-hmm. I'm not careful enough,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I can cause a man to sin. Mm-hmm. And that would be on me because mm-hmm. I have the power to do that. And sure. you hear in that the continued objectification yeah. Well, and then,
0: then it, it just flips into marriage. Then right. the objectification is on the other side. If I don't give him what he wants, if I don't have sex with him when he wants, he'll go somewhere else. Because if that's I don't do the, the thing- power that I have. Right. Yes. And, and it, it's just such a, it's so deep rooted. I, I don't know that that won't be the female's default for a long time, particularly if the narrative never changes.
1: And i think as we sort of wrap up it's like we we have to chart the path out from this like and that's mm. what we're trying to do we are trying to uh chart a path out that isn't about having power over men or taking power away from men or right. naming that men have toxic masculinity or I, it's like no, we we want to we wanna be charting a way out that invites both men and women to right. consider what it looks like to live a life of faith that honors fully in one another the image of God mm-hmm. that, that we bear mm-hmm. and, to, mm-hmm. and to reconsider any theological position or principle yeah. that we've been taught that comes against that. That, that that somehow diminishes that yeah. um because otherwise this this just perpetuates yeah right and if we want to treat this as part of you know what i've heard referred to you know in other spaces as a kairos moment hmm. because this this is not that far off from the me too movement it is not right. that far off like we're watching charismatic powerful narcissistic men and and men inside christian community that are falling yes and so this is part of responding to that each Mm -hmm. of us individually and walking forward towards something new
0: yeah and i love that charge you are giving each listener is where where is this happening who are you following what's happening inside of you what have you silenced What have you been dominated by? Where do you need to be empowered?
1: Where have you agreed that Mm -hmm. who you are and how God has made you is Mm -hmm. somehow meant to be dominated or is, uh, is like worthy of power over you? Mm -hmm. Where have you agreed that you're dangerous? Mm -hmm. Oh, such a good, such
0: a good leaving question. So. Um, we thank all our listeners were grateful and, and Tracy, I'm so grateful for you.
1: Mm. And for I, changing. for you, it's good to be here. Mm. Thank you. Mm. If you enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you please share it with someone, leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at womanearing.